We need a cheesy catchphrase. We can't say the podcast that's way past cool, can we? No. Welcome to Super Peel Out, where hedgehogs go fast and the can doesn't matter. Just like whoever is currently voicing Sonic in English does not matter. Please calm down. We should probably start with the voice actors first, though, because that's kind of the the yes. big the the big the big topic. Yes, in recent news, like maybe two weeks ago, now we are so. We don't record that often, so we are so behind. <laughs> yeah, in recent news, uh, Sonic's voice actor's changing again. What is this, like, the fifth time now? Uh, this is, I believe, the third major recasting, which, I mean, I don't think we're necessarily qualified to super delve into the intricacies that is the English voice acting industry, especially for video games. However, it appears that usually uh, when it comes to English dubs in video games, voice actors just kind of come and go. There's always different voices for different games for certain characters. Sometimes, sometimes an IP will stay consistent all the way through, but that's very rare, and Sonic is no exception to that. We have had, yeah, three major recastings. As well as one minor recasting, I believe we got a minor recasting in Forces, and then another minor recasting in Team Sonic Racing. That's kind of what tipped me off, that like, Roger isn't going to have that much more time left. We're already starting to shift everyone over to this new voice cast. Yeah, so until very recently, Roger Craig Smith was voicing Sonic. He had been the voice Roger Craig Smith, yes. about 10 years. The last yep. guy was during, I think, the Adventure Era. I... What was his name again? The last recast before uh, Roger Craig Smith? Yeah. That was my boy Jason Griffith. Jason! Yes, okay, yes. He, he was, yeah, he was the uh, the four kids actor for Sonic. He was the four kids voice for Sonic. And then he was brought onto the games from Shadow the Hedgehog was his debut game. And I believe Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing was his last time voicing Sonic. Well, who was the one during Adventure? Adventures 1 through Sonic Heroes, Sonic was voiced by Ryan Drummond. Ryan, right. In the original voice cast, yeah. So we've had uh, really three main Sonic voices with... I mean, if you really want to get super technical with things, Sonic Schoolhouse had someone as Sonic. Sonic said, I'm voice. Sonic! Click on me for help! And I think that's all that they said. Uh, there's that one Japanese dude who made the three sounds that Sonic makes in Sonic CD. I forgot his name. The, yeah! Yeah! And I'm out of here! Yeah, so they've also announced a Netflix series, Sonic Prime, which will be the fifth animated Sonic series. Fifth? Yeah, yeah, Isn't that was sixth? Adventures of Sonic, Underground, there's, Sad there's AOS? Boom. Oh, and X. I always forget X. <laughs> You for, I was about to say, you forgot Sonic X. Because it's forgettable. It is, in fact, the sixth. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. The sixth. Seventh, if you count the OVA, but who does? Oh, speaking about the OVA and the, the cartoons, yeah, those are two more Sonic voices. 
Sonic being voiced by Jaleel White in the uh, TV shows. He didn't and come back for the movie, did he? Some guy, I forgot his name. It was rumored the... that he would come back for the movie, and he didn't. Wait, what? Jaleel White. People wanted him to come back for the movie. And I think he he should have! He's a good he Sonic! <laughs> Jaleel White is an incredible Sonic. I love his voice as Sonic. Well, we gotta talk about the movie sometime. Anyway. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah, well, yeah, then we have another Sonic voice! Ben Schwartz! Latest Sonic, because he voiced Sonic in the movie. I don't think he's gonna be the voice of Sonic in the games. No, they haven't announced who it is yet. It's a mystery. No, they haven't announced who it is, but I'm... I, I'm gonna... This will, this will probably either age reasonably okay or horribly, but... I feel like I feel like it's not going to be Ben Schwartz for the games. I feel like they're going to keep movie Sonic because they already said they're making another Sonic movie. So in that sequel, obviously, it's going to be Ben Schwartz again as Sonic. I'm but... kind of worried about that because the animation studio who did the movie kind of died. Well, that, that there are plenty of animation studios for movies out in the. Uh... Yep, who will also get paid pennies and then die after the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. Again, another harsh reality of the industry that probably should be changed, but we probably aren't. It's probably not in our scope to really discuss that. Yeah, so it seems like um, the main cast cycles out every 10 years or so, except for Mike Pollock, who plays Eggman. Yeah, except for Mike Pollock, the legend. Because the original Eggman, there's only been two Eggman voices, as long as you don't count shows in the OVAs. And our original voice actor for Eggman was Dean Bristow. Okay. He voiced Sonic from Adventure 1 to Heroes. And he was a great Eggman. I honestly think, I mean, I love Mike Pollock's Eggman, but I feel like overall I might like Dean Bristow's a li- just a hair more. A hair more. But then he sadly passed away. Shortly after Heroes came out, so obviously I had to recast him, and he was recast by Four Kids from Mike Pollock, who did a lot of voices for Four Kids at the time. And I don't know if he still does. Mike Pollock is like he's one of those voice actors where like he's just kind of everywhere. He's just kind of everywhere and anywhere. Sometimes you hear his voice during like in late '90s, early 2000s anime. Sometimes you'll hear him in a modern anime. Sometimes you'll hear him in a freaking IHOP commercial. Sometimes you'll hear him in some random kids' media. Like, he's every adult character in Caillou. And he's all over Twitter. Like, someone will message you and be like, Hey, Mike, were you in this IHOP commercial? And they'd be like, yes. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, that was me. And you're just like, what? He gets around. He gets around. He, he definitely loves working. Well, if you start um, counting the cartoons, there was the legendary Long John Baldry who played Robotnik in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, and, well, I mean, obviously, the internet will never forget AOSTH Robotnik because of how freaking weird he was. How freaking insane that character was portrayed. Well, that show in general, we could honestly... Oh god, you know we're gonna be entering the deep recesses of Sonic Hell when we both watch all of AOSTH to give a dedicated retrospective. I don't think I need to watch the whole thing. I've seen like one or two episodes and that's enough. No, we gotta watch it all. And I've you watched got it. It's your due diligence as a Sonic fan. The rest of my knowledge of the show comes from YouTube poop, so I think I'm... Well, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where most of it comes from. And then so- er, Sonic Sat AM... 
I don't think he came back for Underground, but Seth A.M.'s Robotnik was also incredible. Jim Cummings did Seth A.M. Robotnik, and that's easily the most threatening we've ever heard from a Robotnik or Eggman voice. I heard he was also uh, in the pilot of Adventures. He might have been. Jim Cummings uh, also is everywhere. Or was everywhere. Yeah. I actually have his signature. Damn, did you, did you sign it as Robotnik? No, it was for Swap Cats. Ah, you should have made him sign it as Robotnik. Because... Dude, his robotic voice is legendary. He's so freaking scary, dude. He's so scary. So I wouldn't have done a custom, had a custom thing for it, but maybe next so, time. He, if I ever yeah, run into Jim Cummings. <laughs> if you ever run into Jim Cummings again, make him do the Eggman voice. Or the Robotnik voice. I always call Western Sonic adaptation villains Robotnik. And if it's Japanese-based, then I call him Eggman. Well, so, like, the game's like... He is Robotnik. Yeah. Well, like I said, in the classic cartoons, he is Robotnik. He's referenced as Robotnik. It's weird. It's weird. We could have a whole episode just on Robotnik versus Eggman it at this point. It has to be point. explained at some point. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Because that's a whole... And yeah, now his name's Robotnik again, thanks to the goddamn Sonic movie. Well, his name was always Robotnik, but Eggman, they sort of, like, retroactively said, oh, it's his nickname. Yeah, that's kind of what they did to bring the two together, but I don't know. I don't know. His name was originally Eggman. That was his name the whole time, and it was the it was a I don't know. Call me a snobby weeaboo, but I feel like sticking to the original name is probably better, or at least sticking to whichever name is for whichever specific canon we're talking about. Maybe Eggman just like his brand name, his username. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I, yeah, I don't remember who voiced Robotnik in Underground, but really, who remembered anything from Underground? I was on uh, some forum in like, uh, ten years ago, or long, longer than that now. You know, when Sonic forums were around, it must have been Mobius forum or something. Probably. And people were going on about how good Underground was. That didn't age well. And I thought, okay, I will buy it. There's a VHS on sale here. I will buy it and I'll watch it. And I got my brother to watch it too. Yeah. And you were just like, what is this garbage? Thanks, Internet. <laughs> yeah, Underground. I mean, I will give Underground one thing. The theme song slaps, dude. The theme song for Underground... It's the best part of that whole show. <laughs> a freaking theme song. Well, wasn't Manic quite good in the comics? Hell if I know. Speaking about the comics, I have officially re-re-restarted reading the comics again. Which one? The Archie ones. I hear the IDWs are quite good. Oh yeah, the IDW ones are good. Probably should just screw the Archie comics, but you know, I'm morbid curiosity as well as me wanting to ride Ken Penders's wild ride makes me want to start from the Archie comics. Start from the very beginning. So, there's like the Archie comics, the Fleetway comics, the IDW comics, there's... The Fleetway were the European ones, right? There's Sonic the Comic Online, which is an online continuation of the Fleetway comics. Then there's another online continuation of some other comic. Ah! <laughs> I, I don't... I don't... 
I don't freaking know about the comics, man. That's my one weak point. That's my weakness when it comes to Sonic stuff. Is then, I did not bother as a kid getting into the comics, and now I'm suffering for it in the Sonic community because everyone's all like, "Yo, Sonic writing's so good," and I'm like, "No, it's not." And they're like, "No, the comic writing's so good," and I'm like, "Oh, well, it might be. I don't know. I haven't read it yet." And then there's whatever Ken Pender is doing. Uh, suing Sega. <laughs> What's this um, comic called? It's like. Yeah, the, yeah. I have no idea what Ken Penders is coming on. Every time Ken Penders posts like new art for it, it's just like I'm sure there's some people that are hyped for it, but I just see it and I personally just like, ooh, just kind of creepy. So Ken Penders was a writer and character designer for the Archie comics, and he designed and wrote a lot of characters that people liked, but then he left, or maybe he was fired. I don't know, and. He basically has the rights to the characters, and he's been trying yep. to publish his own comic, which is uh, in the same setting, I guess, but the yeah. art just looks, hmm. Yeah, his art style is definitely very unique, to say the least. It's like he has their Sonic-like characteristics from, like, like the design of Sonic characters, but, like, human proportions, and it's just, it's just strange. It's not really what I'm used to seeing. Um, basically my new plan, so I actually stay on task with Sonic Comics and don't just stop and forget everything and have to restart everything. I've been writing freaking summaries of each chapter or whatever, each half. I'm just like, okay, issue six. This was the, this issue sucked. This is the issue where they did the Christmas Carol parody. Cool. Next. Um, I own because... one issue of Archie Comics and it was, well, maybe two issues. It was, uh, maybe it was a happy night. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had like, one or two issues, and Knuckles was green, and I think there was like a plot reason reason why he was green. Something to do with the chaos. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I just was thought it was, <laughs> that was my exposure to Archie, was Knuckles is green. Knuckles is green. Hell yeah. If, once I get to that point, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what the hell that was all about. But yeah, I'm still at the part... In my re-restarting, essentially, I'm still in the early phases of the Sonic comic, because the first couple dozen issues of the Sonic comic from Archie were pretty much just these episodic, I wouldn't say happy-go-lucky, but like they're kind of like a mixture of the tone of Sad AM and the tone of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. So it was just all these one-off scenarios where... Sonic and the Freedom Fighters are all like, we're gonna do something! And then Robotnik is watching and all just like, I'm going to pollute the world! And then he makes a robot, a robot of the hour, or I guess a robot of the issue. He makes it, something happens, conflict, Sonic goes, oh no! And then the problem gets resolved by the end of the chapter, and then it gets returned back to normalcy, just like any other episodic thing. I do recall, though, I'm pretty sure soon on... Once Ken Penders joins the writer's team, that's when you start to see a very slow change into the Pendering territory. <laughs> before before he goes full Ken Penders, I haven't even seen. Uh, yeah, it basically starts to... Because I feel like Ken Penders just kind of like... He just kind of had his own war-themed story about... Like, I think he just kind of had in the background just brewing in his mind just some environmentalist animal war story in his head. 
And then he was just asked to work on Sonic, and he's just like, aha, this will be how I will tell this story. Because he kind of does just make a bunch of OCs, and then just kind of like, he always tries to downplay Sonic. He always tries to make his characters seem cooler than Sonic. Well, Sonic is um, kind of a Gary Stu, right? I have no idea. Well, he's like the man of the hour, so obviously a lot of stuff happened to Sonic. Like, there was that recent issue of IDW I heard where he was turning into, like, a zombot or whatever they call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, that's the issue, or that's not the issue, but that's the story arc where Vector kills someone with a car. <laughs> It's so funny. I was told to read that that issue out of context. Out of context, it's so funny. Just seeing Vector just like look at like an infected person. I was like, no, I'm still safe. It hasn't gone to me yet. And Vector just picks up a car and just says, I'm sorry. And oh, slams it on that. them. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, freaking... what? it's so funny. Those who aren't aware of who Vector is, he's a large crocodile. Anthro. Fine, the computer room! With a voice like that, and he has hipsters. <laughs> I want to hear the whatever Vector voice actor is going to be recast. Did they recast Vector for Forces? I don't know. <laughs> Did they or not? I don't know, dude. That's the thing about Vector. His voice is kind of... Going back to the topic of voice actors, it all goes full circle. Vector's voice is like Big the Cat's voice. Anyone can kind of do it. You know, like anyone can just go find the computer room. I mean, I'm my, my voice is always nasally. I always have like some sort of sinus issue, but I can't do Vector's voice. It's like even more nasally. It's like find the computer room. I'm Vector. <laughs> we should talk about the freaking voice actor shenanigans. Have you seen Mike Pollock's Twitter? No, God, should I? Poor Mike Pollock. Poor Mike Pollock. The man's been frickin' constantly been getting harassed by random Sonic fans, but I guess it's part of the job. Seems to take it pretty well, though. I especially remember when Roger said that he was stepping down from being Sonic. Mike Pollock just kind of kept messing with all of his friends, or he messed with all of his followers on Twitter by just being all like, Am I still here? Am I not still here? Who knows? I can't say. I'm under NDA. And freaking, all the Sonic fans kept freaking out and like, getting mad at him and it's like it's just how mike pollock is dude he likes to troll his followers but i do think he did confirm that he is gonna still be eggman and, he uh, hasn't conclusively said yes but he's retweeted someone saying mike will you be playing eggman in sonic prime i don't really know what to think about sonic prime especially because there's pretty big shoes to fill i don't know i mean i feel like the biggest problem with sonic right now it's less really the biggest problem with sonic right now and it's more like the recurring problem with sonic the sonic team just keeps reinventing sonic and making new universes and new continuities and new whatevers they don't really unify Sonic, because Sonic has historically been a giant, tangled-up, scattered mess of a franchise. And because of that, that's precisely why Sonic fans are so freaking insane. And, like, well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Sonic fans are insane, but... Like, I feel like the reason why Sonic fans argue and fight within each other so much is just because freaking... There's so many different... Sonic can mean so many different things. 
And it seems like instead of Sega looking at all of the people that say this and listening to those guys, they just kind of go like, okay, let's make two new Sonic continuities and leave everyone hanging on the existing one. Who's ready for movie Sonic and Prime Sonic, boys? And it's like, okay, that's great, but what about the people that just like Sonic, Sonic, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, when we were, well, when I was a teenager and Sonic was huge, and it was like, oh, we don't like Mario, Mario's lame, and for kids, Sonic is cool. Mario is lame. Mario's not lame, Um, because, like, looking back on it in 2021, it's like, Mario never pretended to be anything other than Mario. Mario that is true. gets cringy. <laughs> the, yeah, the thing is about, like, Mario, and I guess Nintendo as a whole, Nintendo doesn't really take a lot of risks, which is a good thing and a bad thing, yeah, it, depending on who you ask. Uh, they're very consistent with their brand. Which is very, very different from Sega, because Sega doesn't know how to manage... Like, Nintendo knows how to manage their IPs. Sega does not. Sega never has. Sega's current IP management is a disaster. The only franchise they really know what they're doing with is Yakuza. Hey, if uh, you don't like Yakuza, then that's it. Total War's still good. Oh yeah, but that's like... That's like... Separate. It is still Sega, but I'm sure that the European and American divisions, because I do believe Two Point Hospital, I do think that did okay too. And while those are Sega properties, they're definitely, I don't think, under a lot of management from Sega Japan. I think Sega Japan just kind of bought the guys that did those games and just went like, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, we're fine. You're good. Basically doing what a company that buys another company should do is just be like, okay, we bought you guys to do Total War. Keep doing Total War. You're doing great. Just keep, We'll just keep funding you, and you just keep making bangers. And then that's kind of it. That's kind of the relationship with Sega. I'm talking more about the games that are like, these are our Sega titles. These are our, we made these. The Japanese titles, because all their Japanese games and IPs are literally having better installments being made by other studios that aren't Sega related because Sega does not know how to freaking manage their own IP. Streets of Rage 4 would not have been as good as it was if it was actually developed in-house at Sega of Japan, I don't think. Shall we I mean, get we to talk- the game? <laughs> We're talking oh, about are we? uh, Sega, Sega Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog today, an arcade Japanese only arcade game. Dig it deep. Was it Japanese only? I thought it got a minor release. Mm, I think, yes, it might have gotten a... In other territories, but it definitely didn't get a large release. Let's just say that. it didn't get translated. Oh, if it didn't get translated, then yeah, it's definitely a Japanese exclusive release then. Never mind. I definitely know that there are unused files. This is pretty much the extent of my Sega Sonic the Hedgehog knowledge. Uh, you're probably going to have to carry the conversation here. Right. Because uh, I haven't really played too much of Sega Sonic. It's one of the few Sonic games, especially one of the few classic Sonic games, that's been eluding me because of its annoying control scheme. But I do know that there is unused graphic data that literally just is all of the Eggman parts, except it replaces the Eggman sprites with 
much more Western style Robotnik sprites, like something you would see from like the Sonic comics or Sonic Set AM or Sonic Spinball or that design of Robotnik or like Dr. Robotnik's main bean machine Robotnik versus sort of rotund round Eggman. He eggs man. I just went to the TCRF page, the delightful animation of all of the characters flexing. You should Hell see yeah! But unfortunately, that is pretty much the extent of my Sega Sonic the Hedgehog knowledge. I didn't beat that game, mostly because I rarely can make it past the first level because the controls do not work on the controller. Which is, I guess, what I will also contribute to in this conversation, in that... The controls for Sega Sonic the Hedgehog and why it will never see it re-released unless <laughs> someone wants to just recreate the whole game. And, and honestly, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wish someone would. I'm surprised that out of all of these Sonic sort of like fan games and recreations, no one's just went like, all right, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog sucks to emulate. Let's just remake the game. And then just, like, bind the controls and make it work. Obviously, I'm no programmer, game designer, or artist, so I don't understand entirely how feasible something like that would be. But, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure if you paid Christian Whitehead and his gang enough, he'd maybe find a way to make it happen. Find the of that man could, Yeah, that man could do anything. But, yeah, no, the controls. It uses a freaking trackball and a button, which is really annoying. You roll the ball to move Sonic, and where the ball rolls is where Sonic goes. I That's... don't remember having too much trouble with the controls, but I did play it a very long time ago, so I was probably just a masochist at that time and going through some issues, and I didn't care that much. Yeah, the problem about it is because it's an arcade-exclusive release, the only way you can really play it Unless you, for some reason, fly the, like, the two arcades left in this world that still have it. I do know Galloping Ghost in Chicago. If you're in Illinois, if any of you listeners are in Illinois, head to that Galloping Ghost arcade, play Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like one of the very few places in the world you can actually play that game. They have it. I know. I wasn't there. I haven't been there. I want to go there. So I can play it. But that is one of the few arcades. I think it's the only arcade in the entire United States that has Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. That's such it a JT the... thing. I want to go to this one city just so I can play this arcade game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. I would love to go to Chicago just to go to the Galloping Ghost arcade. There's very few places I really want to go in the world. And... Pretty much everywhere in the United States I want to go to usually has some arcade-themed motive around it. Like, I want to go to New Hampshire. They don't have a Sega Sonic the Hedgehog in the giant... I think it's the National Arcade Museum at the Fun Spot Arcade. Uh, That used to be the biggest, the world's biggest arcade until Galloping Ghost overcame it. But I've always wanted to go there, too. If that was a private collection, it could be the National Arcade Museum Company. (laughs) Napco! And then I also want to go to good old Frisco, Texas. Frisco. Frisco, yeah, Frisco, Texas has the National Video Game Museum, which kind of has a bunch of cool video game stuff archived, and that would be really cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's Frisco, Frisco, Texas. Those are the three places in America I would actually want to travel to, and it's all for video game or arcade themed reasons. Texas does have a crap ton. Of cool retro game stores. I was really disappointed to hear recently that the Sega arcades are closing. 
Or maybe they're being sold to a different company. Uh, the ones in Japan? Yes. Well, yes and no. Yes in the fact that they are not going to be Sega arcades. I don't think they're closing. I think they're rebranding to something else. Especially because of the Yakuza games, the Sega arcade is so iconic, and there are so many people that wanted to go, and we couldn't go, and now it's not happening anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's still Taito arcades you can go to in Japan, so... I mean, Taito's cool. They made Space Invaders. We have gone so off topic. Sonic, Sega, the Hedge Man. But yeah, trackball, arcade game, uses a button. First appearance of Mighty and Ray. Probably should talk about that. Yes, uh, for the intro, I had considered saying, uh, doesn't matter like uh, Mighty and Ray. Only playable once every 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are. You're not wrong. Absolutely not wrong. Yeah, so until very recently, this was the only playable appearance of Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel. Yep, they didn't have any other, like, moves yet. They were just player two and player three. Why was it a three-player game? It's such a weird number. I think it would be like a two or four player. You never really see that many three-player games. I guess it's a little bit more common in arcade games. Hang on, was Mighty... Like Michael Jackson's Moonwalker the number. Game. I might be getting confused here. Was Mighty in Chaotix? Mighty was in Chaotix. Right, Ray so was not. Just Ray. Just Ray then. <laughs> yeah, Ray just kind of vanished off the face of the earth. Well, yeah, all I really know. Oh, also, I guess to, to tie it all back, I do believe Sega Sonic the Hedgehog is the first Sonic game to have voices. It, I think it predates Sonic CD. Sega Sonic is 93. I believe Sonic CD is also 93, but... Let's take a look. Is it the same voice actor for Sega Sonic in Sonic CD? I don't know why I have to look. Yes, I think it is in fact before Sonic CD. Because it says here, September 23rd, 93, was Japan release of Sonic CD. Whereas the Japan release of Sega Sonic was June the 1st, 93. Okay! But yes, it came out in basically all regions before Sonic CD. Okay, did some minor research. And yeah, so our boy here, Takeshi Kusao, was the voice actor for Sonic in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, and is the earliest voice actor of Sonic. He also voiced Sonic in Waku Waku Sonic Patrol Car, (laughs) Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop, and Sega Sonic Cosmo Fighter, so... Waku Waku was, at one point, the only Sonic game I had not played. So, to me, it's kind of <laughs> this unattainable thing, even though I think you can emulate it these days. Well, did you play Sega Sonic Cosmo Fighter? I never heard of it. I must have not... <laughs> it's basically part of the same sort of brand as... I've emulated all of the... Sonic amusement devices, because they all do work on MAME now. Sega Sonic Cosmo Fighter, Kawaku Sonic Patrol Car, and Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop all work on MAME. Obviously, Sega Sonic Popcorn Shop will just error out when it tries to actually make popcorn, because most people's computers cannot actually make popcorn, surprisingly. But the thing is about Waku Waku Sonic Patrol Car and Sega Sonic Cosmo Fighter... 
is if you just emulate them and you just play it off of the emulations, it's just going to be a very, very, very boring, very easy, impossible to lose, actually, like, 10-minute video game. Maybe not even 10, like, 5-minute video game. And you play through it and you just go, like, what the hell was that crap? But those two games specifically weren't designed as video games. They were designed more as, like, the sort of... You ever go to, like, a mall and there are, like, those little kitty rides that you put a quarter in and it, like, rocks you back and forth? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're a kid and you're, like, oh, like, it could be, like, a train or something and you're like, a, or, like, a horse or whatever and you, like, put a quarter in and it just kind of goes. It's just a mechanical little thing. Basically, both of those games are those things. There are these giant plastic, well, I guess giant for kids, but it'd probably be pretty cramped if an adult tried to fit in there. Which would be all the funnier if I actually did find either of these arcade games, because you know, you know I would try to cram myself in there and be like, Yo, dude, Waku Waku Sonic Cosmo Fighter! And I'd probably, some Japanese, like, five-year-old would probably be there being all like, What is the, what is the scary foreign man doing? As I try to, like, cram my entire body in there. Just be like, I gotta play this! <laughs> basically, yeah, they're these... They're basically like little amusement rides. You're supposed to... Yes, there's a game. There's a screen in there. And there's you can control the game. But controlling the game also controls the ride. And it's supposed to be more of a ride than a game. So, if you just take out the ride part, it's really freaking boring. I guess even if you put the ride part in, it'd still be pretty boring. Because it is for small children. But, you know... It's definitely not anything super major of Sonic Taku. No, I guess the real big thing that Sonic fans take from that game and the other, or both of them, they're really a duology. They came out so close to each other and have such the same concept. But those games are really mostly known just because they exist and less because they did anything cool. It's more just like a, hey, you ever heard of a Waku Waku Sonic Patrol car? A game where Sonic is a police officer who ironically arrests people for speeding. Gotta go fast. Except you. <laughs> You're like this. I found that, that there is an English localization in the game files. Of Sega Sonic? Yes, it was just never released. But there is a MAME command line cheat that you can activate to do the localization. There we go. I'm telling you, I'm very surprised that no one has tried to remake Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. You would think that with it being a, I wouldn't say a well-known Sonic game, but definitely well-known within the classic Sonic community, if only for it being that one weird, obscure Sonic game that no one's ever properly played properly because it's freaking trackball. Not to brag, but I have finished it. Well, look at you. But you know, maybe you could just spam the insert credit button. I was actually thinking of getting a trackball to plug into my freaking computer so I can actually play that game and then just use it as a mouse too. Um, I'm getting a trackball at some point, but I just have an ergonomic mouse now and that's probably better. Yeah, I guess. I guess I kind of want to just get a trackball and tell myself I'm, I am I want to use it as a mouse just as an excuse so I can get it and then just really use it to play Sega Sonic the Hedgehog actually on an emulator what? with the proper controls. I guess I could, if I was really frugal, get a ball mouse and then just flip it over and use that as a trackball, but that, that, that wouldn't work 
particularly well. No. I know that there's some Super stuff. Nintendo games that use that, that have that control scheme. Or actually, I think it's a Mega Drive game that uses that as a control scheme. Anyways, this episode's really less a Sega Sonic the Hedgehog episode and more of a obscure Sonic arcade game episode. How huh? many times can we get off topic? Well, if we're going to talk about all these weird, obscure Sonic 90s arcade games, we might as well throw in... Because we already did Sonic the Fighters, we don't need to talk about that one. We already did that one. But we should probably talk... Have you ever heard of Sega Sonic Bros? Yeah, wasn't that unreleased and it only It was! It was unreleased. It was dubbed or something last year. They found the game. Yeah, they found Sega Sonic Bros. It is a video game. I have tried it out. Not necessarily my thing, personally, but, I mean, there's probably something there for someone to get into. It's a puzzle game. It's a falling block puzzle game where there are three Sonics, which... It's kind of funny because I'm pretty sure the Sonic colors are red, blue, and yellow. Yes. So, maybe... I mean, this is all speculation, obviously, but maybe... I was going to say the blue Sonic. Wait, no, that is Sonic. Maybe the red and yellow Sonics were going to be players 2 and 3 for Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, and maybe they changed that to make Mm. Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel. No evidence to back that up, but maybe that might be something. It probably isn't. They probably just made the characters for the game. But yeah, you have three Sonics. You got Sonic, Yonic, and Bonic. Oh, wait, no. Ronic. Ronic is Red Sonic. What? So we we got Sonic... Ronic and Yonic. Where's Chronic? Um, we don't. We don't have Chronic. <laughs> um, Do you remember that? It used to be like this ongoing joke that there was like a a, a weed smoking Sonic called Chronic, and someone made sprites of it. Hell yeah! That's like probably there's a fan. There's a freaking Sonic rum hack for everything. Mm. And so basically, Sonics, Ronics, and Yonics all fall down. From the top of the screen as blocks. And basically what you have to do is you have to make a circle of them. If you make like a circle of the same color, then everything in that circle disappears. Which is really weird. And then you get points for how much stuff disappears and you just keep playing until you die. Yeah, it was dumped and unreleased because I don't know why it, I don't know why it didn't come out. But it was on arcade hardware that was extremely similar to the Sega Mega Drive. So fans were very quickly able to port the game to the Mega Drive and basically have it be the same game, which is pretty cool. This is being developed in 91 and 92, which would make it like one of the first Sonic games. Can you imagine if it got released and Ronic and Yonic, as you call them, were full characters? Hell yeah! We probably wouldn't have gotten Tails and Uggles, we'd just gotten three Sonics. God. I was reminded of Sonic Eraser. Oh, yeah. Well, Sonic Eraser actually did come out. Yeah. (laughs) Just didn't get a big release. And we don't talk about that game. (laughs) Game is bizarre, dude. Anyways, back to Sega, or Sega, Sega, Sega Sonic Bros. That was it. The only real cool notable thing from it is the special stage theme from Sonic 3, the Blue Sphere music was actually originally from Sega Sonic Bros. They found that once you get to a certain level, it just starts playing that song, and you're just like, wait a second, I've heard this, I've heard this track before. I, um, I actually quite like the 
primitive 3D that's used for a lot of the traps and things in the game? For Sega Sonic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an isometric game, so there's obviously going to be a little bit of some primitive 3D, but I honestly don't know too many of the traps because, like I said, didn't really get too far before I gave up in frustration. When we were discussing doing this episode, I looked at a long play, and so I kind of had some of that in my head still. Well, what was cool about it? Well, I mean, it was just cool. I mean, it's obviously 3D, but it looked pretty impressive, I mean, yeah, arcade hardware at that time was usually pretty good, so uh, you could do a little bit of some... You could do some cooler things than what was capable on consoles at the time, obviously. I do recall that Sega Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be on Sonic Gems Collection, but they yoded it out because they didn't want to figure out how to get that trackball working. I don't blame them, but why? I was just looking at Sonic Retro, and <laughs> you've probably seen this, that this old piece of concept art from Naoto Oshima, which is... Uh... Ray and Mighty and Sonic with Vector and, uh, Max, so... Max? Yeah, this bird character. You must have seen this at some point. Who? Hey, what the hell? Yeah, who the hell is Max? Who is this Chad? <laughs> Yo, he's got freaking glasses! What? It's kind of weird that Vector was like a original Sonic character. Well, we've seen like, Vector in other art of Sonic's band, right? Yeah, he was going to be in Sonic from Sonic 1. He was going to be in the Sonic band, but then they cut that out and replaced it with the Sega. So, like, it's weird that Vector was going to be, like, a mainstay in the Sonic cast, and then he was really just kind of delegated to the side until Chaotix, where he was able to actually get a role. And now he's a mainstay. And now he's also crushing people with cars. But at least he's a mainstay. He's with he's with SBO and Charmy. Surprisingly not mighty. Yeah, I just took a look at that other Sonic band picture, the famous one. It's just Sonic and Vector and a bunch of other characters that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic, Vector, and no one else. Everyone else did not make it past the great Sonic Purge of 1991. Oh yeah, that was a... Uh... Sonic Retrohens around the same time that Sonic was supposed to have a human girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, did you know Sonic was gonna have a girlfriend named Madonna? Apparently, Hell yeah. Apparently his bandmates were called Sharps, Max, and Buck. Well, there's Max. Sonic Max still made it story. past the cutting room floor, but then remained in the cutting room floor. <laughs> it's really only Sonic and Vector that made it out alive. Everyone else died horrifically in the process. They all got turned to robots. They all got roboticized. This is also now almost entirely off topic, but check out this PDF that was also on Sonic Retro. Well, we're, we're, we're already so freaking far gone from... Remember we're talking about Sonic voice art? What is this? This is Sonic. It's not Sonic. It's a story comic. Well, what is this? This is the original Sonic comic. Yes. Yo! Wait, whoa, what the hell? They're like... There's like actual anime-style mecha in there. Well, there's also anime... Like, what's up with the girls? What's up with the girls? There's the band. Yeah, what's up with the girls? Why didn't we get this, Sonic? <laughs> what the hell? We could've got this. We ended up getting freaking Ken Penders. I've always been more of a fan of the Japanese interpretation of Sonic than the Western. 
even as a kid, before I even knew that there were two different real Sonic canons, I was always more of a fan of the Mega Drive games and, like, adventure than I was, like, the cartoons and the comics and Sonic Spinball and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine and... Because I guess technically Sonic 2 is a joint collaboration between Japan and America. But you know, despite that, I still like semi-prefer the US soundtrack of Sonic CD to the Japanese one. Kind of controversial take. We already talked about that way long ago. But I don't know. I've always been more of a fan of the Japanese Sonic canon. So every time we see some cool 90s anime crap with Sonic in it, I'm just like, we could have had more of this. But we didn't. Because Sonic was way more popular in the West than in Japan. So, because the Mega Drive freaking bombed in Japan. Freaking bombed. Well, I guess. Didn't. They did made, not do well. They made Sonic into a band in uh, an underground. Oh, well, of course they did. Yeah, they made a vow. Their mother will be found. Hell yeah, of course. Yeah, them being in a band is the whole gimmick of that show. Sonic and his siblings. Manic in Sonia. Very cool. I always wanted to watch just... I always wanted to freaking... This is... We're going off topic again, but who cares? We're... Nothing matters anymore. <laughs> I've always wanted to stream myself doing every episode of Sonic Underground just in one sitting. It's technically possible. It's like 12 hours of Sonic Underground. My brain would go numb at the end of it. But it is on Amazon Prime, so I could use that Twitch Prime whatever garbage <laughs> to technically do it. No one would be able to watch unless you have an Amazon Prime subscription, so I wouldn't get any viewers for it. But I theoretically could stream myself watching Sonic Underground yes. in its entirety in Check one sitting. Check on Twitch and get JT to <laughs> watch Party Sonic Underground. I would do it. I would absolutely do it. I need to dedicate a day to doing it, though. I'd be like, all right, today is the day of Underground. And then never again. Yeah, never touch that freaking franchise ever again. So there's like 40 episodes and they're like 20 minutes a piece. So it's like it's like 10 to 12 hours. I did the math. It's theoretically possible in one sitting. It's just, it would be very painful. The Sonic Retro article for Sega Sonic the Hedgehog says, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog has never left the arcades, and given that it was distributed in relatively small numbers, particularly outside of Japan, it's becoming increasingly more rare to find in the wild. Yeah, Sega's not Sonic wrong. Sonic the Hedgehog extinct in the wild. I mean, it's not entirely extinct again, because Galloping Ghost, they'll keep that shit alive forever. Sega um, Sonic the Hedgehog now only exists in captivity. Very yeah. To them. Absolutely. Um, but definitely in Japan, have fun trying to find that game. You might be able to find it somewhere in the wild, but very rare. It would be a very rare arcade game to find. I have friends that live in Japan, and every time they go to an arcade, I always ask them, like, okay, so what do you see there? And they always say that roughly, even like the retro, like the quote unquote retro arcades, usually focus on like mid-90s games more than, like, early 90s, and definitely nothing from the 80s. Like, there's very rarely anything from the 80s. Like, I literally asked my friend, like, yo, dude, you ever, how much Pac-Man have you seen? Because in America, I don't know about Australia's arcade scene, but in America, you can still find Pac-Man cabinets, like, anywhere, roughly. Like, 
even if there's an arcade, pretty much, yeah, if there's any place that designates itself as an arcade, there's probably a one Namco game from the 80s in there. Whether it be Pac-Man or Galaga or, like, any of the re-releases of those games in arcade form, usually you'll find at least one of those, but... Apparently, according to my friend in Japan, 80s games are very rare to come by. Just because, I mean, they're old. Probably have to find a very special, specific arcade to find those times of things. Well, and, well, still something like the Hedgehog's 93. I don't <clears> think it's late enough to really be everywhere. In my city, we don't even have any, like, proper arcades. There are a few chains, but, you know, they're just, like, the usual, just, like, ticket machine games and all that rubbish to... Buddy! And, uh, yeah. you're more likely to find, like, classic games in, like, pubs and stuff and certain restaurants or whatever that will have one or two arcade machines. The classic pizza place arcade. <laughs> classic. Like, there's a, uh, there's a fried chicken place somewhere in a, here, and they have an NBA jam cabinet. We've gone so off topic. <laughs> You've gone so off topic. <laughs> we started. We started with. We started, we started with go- Sonic voice actors, and then we we're like, uh, "Okay, let's talk about Sega Sonic the Hedgehog," and then we talk about other Sonic arcade games, and now we're talking about NBA Jam at your local fried chicken place. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. Uh, yes, let's talk about the actual game. Oh, uh, well, that's... You don't seem to know anything uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. Play. Watch the long play. I, w- I didn't watch the long play. It's like 10 minutes. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Ah. I will just pull it out of the show notes. Show notes, that just sounds more professional. Much more professional than what we are, but show notes. <laughs> we'll be professional one day. Today is just not that day. Translated playthrough. I'm gonna just watch this for 18 minutes? You could like flick through it, I guess. I kind of. You're better at Japanese than me. Can you tell me what Sonic says when he gets hit? Uh, There's a lot of desert stages. I don't know. I I wanna. Usually when I wanna go over a game, I wanna be a little bit more comprehensive than just brushing over a. A YouTube video. I'm gonna play it. Jesus. Here we go. Let's see what we got here. We got Sonic. Yosh. Ikuzo. Let's go. There's like an Ochi do, Ochi do, which is like I'm falling. Oh, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Thanks, JT. <laughs> so. Um, and there's a wow. Being an arcade game, this game has three-player multiplayer. Yeah, so there's Mighty, the Armadillo, Ray the Flying Spoo, and Sonic Skateboard. I actually cut the Sonic Skateboard joke out of the uh, first episode. I re-edited it, I re-uploaded it, so me saying that, that's not going to make any sense. Sonic Skateboard! That's <laughs> a reference to this, like, Pakistani ad for, like, some LCD game, yeah. It's yeah, the, the Sonic Heroes LCD games from McDonald's, from a McDonald. Did you ever have any of those? Let's go even more off topic. <laughs> I want to say yes. I had a lot of LCD games from McDonald's. I have no idea where they went. I think my parents threw them away mm-hmm. when we moved or whatever. 
No idea where they went. They probably all exploded somewhere. Batteries in them probably exploded and whatever and threw them away. The only Sonic Heroes one I had was Rogue and Amy Tennis. Rogue? To, yeah, Rogue and Amy Tennis. Rogue. To, uh, uh, quote the, the commercial. Not Rouge. Yes, it's Rouge. <laughs> but it's pronounced Rogue and Amy Tennis. Oh, I see. Yes. I wish I had Sonic Skateboard, though. SONIC SKATEBOARD! I don't know, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Frick, no. The, uh, the part I remember the most about this game, apart from, like, the charming visuals, is that at the very end of the game, there's, like, a timed escape. And, you know, yeah. if you try to control this without a trackball, like, whoa! I do think I remember my friend playing it. I'm pretty sure if you lose the timed escape, you don't get to continue. I don't think you get to continue with another credit. Yes, I think it's actually it's game over. Yes. So, like, I do think I remember my friend was trying to play it, and he wasn't able to beat it because he did. He failed the timed escape because the controls suck. Well, you see, it's an arc, it's a if you even it, you could use save state. I mean, I guess, but. Eh, well, I don't know. We were we were raw dogging it. We didn't use any of those emulation assists. Let's just use Sonic Retro's level guide then. So the game doesn't <laughs> start with a tropical island theme level. It says a volcano. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of like weird deserty levels and whatnot going on. So this island is very sinister, and like in yeah, it's Eggman's Island. In, yeah, in between the levels. There's this really cool TV effect, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, where Eggman, like, watches you from his base. Yeah. I don't think they got the effect quite right, because it's just kind of bad to look at. But it is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And as usual for a Sonic game, rock and soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack's alright. Um, surprisingly, though, on my phone, I pretty much have a majority of Sonic OSTs on there. Because I'm a madman has like several hours of Sonic music saved. However, I don't think I actually have any music from uh, Sega Sonic on my phone. So, like I said, it's just there's a weird arcade game that's kind of eluded me these years just because of that dumb trackball. <laughs> Pisses me off. I genuinely think that Sega Sonic should get remade and Knuckles Chaotix should get remade. Chaotix just is basically a remake of Crackers. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, Knuckles Chaotic, you could totally, like, basically want, like, PC ports of these things. Like, actual, someone remake them. How come, no, get on it, Sonic fans. Get on it, Sonic programmers. So, in I the can't first code. episode, we were talking about how Sonic CD visually looked a lot like Chaotix. It does. What happens if the Mania team does Chaotix? If the Mania team did Chaotix... They won't, but <laughs> let's pretend. I know, they totally won't. They totally won't. It'd be cool, though, but... I feel like if you remade Chaotix using, like, the Mania engine, right? To get a little bit more, I guess, precision, because the engine that they used... Whatever engine they used for Chaotix was kind of whack. But I feel like the game could be a little bit better. I don't think necessarily Chaotix would win any awards, even if it did get remade. I feel like there's a lot of small changes you could do in that game to make it just an overall better experience. And the fact that no one has done that 
just kind of strange to me because Sonic fans usually are like the first people to fix the problems in their games. And also, yeah, it still baffles me. No, come on, sing Sonic the Hedgehog. Just port it. God, that's that's really. I hate to sound like a broken record at this point, but like, stupid trackball. So many more people would play it if someone just remade it and just made like a PC fan game where it's just a remake, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, and maybe like, I don't know, have it be toggleable for like the uh, the unused content, like the uh, the Robotnik sprites or whatever. Well, there were like 50 million fan games. I'm sure someone's made one like this. I know, exactly. Like, it's got to be out there somewhere. So uh, apparently there is a prototype of Sega Sonic. And it's on. It's hosted on Sonic Retro. You can just download it. <laughs> well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Sonic Retro usually has a lot of things. Back to the game. <laughs> yes, back to the game. What I was just there to say: it's an arcade game. Yeah, there's lots of things to dodge. Cool 3D traps. Cool. Yeah. Monkey bars, other kind of platforming. It's very cute. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. what I was to say, really. <laughs> Pretty well, unfortunately. It is a bit of a short game, but it does mark an interesting point in Sonic history where Sonic sort of... We see Sonic grow a little bit, not as a character, but as a franchise in this game. I don't see it grow substantially, mind you, but it's definitely a stepping stone for the type of Sonic we would see in the future with stuff like Chaotix and whatnot, with other characters in Sonic CD. Because, not necessarily Sonic 3, though, because Sonic 3 kind of played it by the book. The second Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously, first of all, we gave Sonic a voice. Whoopee. First thing to give Sonic a voice. I don't know if Ray and Mighty have voices. I think they do, but... Who cares? They never show up again. And when they did show up, they did talk. So, really, nothing, nothing of value was lost. But Sonic got a voice actor... Which is kind of big, as well as the fact that Sonic got new characters to, I mean, even if it was only for a very short period of time, he got new characters into the world and lore of Sonic. And Eggman also talked. It's also the first time Eggman ever spoke. And it just seemed like a new Sonic experience, albeit brief and bizarre to control. (laughs) It's still worth existing in the Sonic world, mm. I guess. I don't know. Well, since you mentioned it, we could talk about Mighty and Ray. Mighty and Ray! Alright, we got Mighty. He's an armadillo. He's red. He looks like Sonic, but isn't Sonic. <laughs> he was shown in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. That's where he debuted. And then he showed up again in Knuckles Chaotix as basically a alternate palette, I guess, of Sonic, because you can very clearly see if you compare sprites from Knuckles Chaotix and Sonic Crackers that they just kind of turned Sonic into Mighty. And his ability was a wall jump. He had a wall jump. From then on, for the next, like, 20 or so years, he just kind of showed up only in cameos that mostly just went like, haha, you haven't seen this guy in a while, haven't ya? He was a character in the comics, but I haven't read the comics, so I don't really know what he did. Was it but... generations that had those missing... Last yeah. 90, whatever, posters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Generations did have those posters of, yeah, Ray and Mighty, where it's just missing. They're just gone. I don't know what happened to him. If anything, I feel bad for... Whatever happened to Heavy and Bomb from Chaotix? Mm. They're, they're gone. 
They're really gone. Then, after all those cameos of just, haha, look, it's Mighty the Armadillo. He sure hasn't been in a game since Knuckles Chaotix. He did get another playable appearance in Sonic Mania Plus, the DLC for Sonic Mania. In 2018, which... 25 years later. Yep! And in that. I really didn't actually like playing too much as Mighty when it comes to all the characters. I think Mighty is probably my least favorite character out of the five. Just because his ability in Chaotix was wall jumping. But in Mania, he doesn't have a wall jump. Instead, he's an armadillo. So when he goes into a ball, he actually is protected by his back shield spin armor thingy. Which protects him from hitting spikes. Which is cool. Hmm. But, I mean, you're just going to be avoiding the spikes anyway, so that's not too crazy. And then he also has a sort of smash attack, where he, like, drops down to the ground really hard and it breaks things under you. Which is cool, I guess, but, like, I don't know, I don't really see it useful for anything other than going to specific new areas designed for Mighty. And out of those, there aren't that many. So, overall, I don't know, I just feel like, I mean, I don't really know what he could have done, being an armadillo, but I feel like, functionally, he doesn't really have much going for him. He doesn't have this drop dash to keep him going like Sonic does. Can't fly or glide like Tails, Knuckles, and Ray. He just kind of exists. He's just supposed to be like a tank character in a game that doesn't really need tank characters. But I do hope he comes back. I do hope it doesn't take 25 more years for him to finally show his stupid face again. It will. Don't say that. <laughs> but by then, it'll be like, you know, we'll have passed the 50th anniversary of Sonic. And I'll be Dear old. lord. <laughs> yeah, we'll be freaking ancient. We'll just be like, hey, remember 25 years ago when we were talking about uh, Sonic? Those were good times. Well, as I mentioned off-cast... I am born in the same year as Sonic, so I will be 50 when Sonic is 50. <laughs> awesome. I will be, like, 41 when Sonic is 50. So, you're really nine years older than me, huh? Yeah. Guess that's just how it be. Yeah. Anyways. That's basically everything, isn't it? <laughs> well, wait, no, we didn't talk about, we didn't talk about Ray. We didn't talk oh, about Mighty, yeah. but we didn't talk about Ray. I mean, they're always together, aren't they? Ray is a yellow flying squirrel. He is a squirrel. He is he made his debut in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, where he had no special abilities other than being a squirrel, which isn't really an ability, it's more just what he was. And then he never showed up ever again, outside of again those cameos in Sonic Generations and whatnot that say, haha, remember Ray the Flying Squirrel? And everyone would be like, no. And then he did come back in Sonic Mania Plus with Mighty. Good old Ray's ability was to sort of glide. Kind of like Cape Mario in Mario World. Kind of like that kind of gliding. He's very fun to play as. He's my favorite character to play as out of everyone in Sonic Mania because of his flying mechanics. He's very fun to use, especially in the open levels of Sonic. So I didn't play Plus. It's you didn't? No, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I probably have it on PC, but I haven't played the PC version. It seems well, you can like go through all the extra content very soon. But I'm just looking at some YouTube thumbnails, and it seems like they can go super. Is that right? 
Yeah, I don't think they have super forms. Oh. Okay. I'm not sure. They might, though. It's just this one YouTube thumbnail seems to show that they do, but it might... Well, maybe they do, but maybe it's just them, like, glowing or whatever. Anyways, we probably should wrap up just this episode. What an episode it was. What an episode it was. Just (laughs) random talking. You sure you're okay to use that? You sure? I mean, we can't really talk about the... the game. I gave you the footage, and you don't, you don't really see that interested in the actual game. Well, it's not that I'm not interested in it. It's just I want to. I would want to give it a good, proper playthrough myself. I mean, I can't just look through it. You know, <laughs> there's a difference between watching a game and playing it. Well, we could go over all of the levels, at least for Sonic Retro says, if you're cool with that. We could. Because we've done that for the previous games. <laughs> so there's seven whole levels. Yeehaw. we got a volcano level, an ice level, a desert level, a tower level? Looks like we have two tower levels and a canyon level. Oh, uh, wait, no. We have two tower levels, a canyon level, and like a... Waterfall level. I just noticed that on it the map. It says that the second level is the first appearance of an ice level in a Sonic game, which I guess makes sense because Sonic 1 didn't have one and Sega and Sonic CD didn't have one. Sonic CD didn't have one. Sonic 2 didn't have one. The first ice level besides that, the first console Sonic ice level was Ice Capsule, and that's Sonic 3. Really? That's a long while from there. Yeah. Wow. Makes sense. Wow. Yeah. All of these themes are rather unique for Sonic at the time, if we just have Sonic's 1 and 2 to go off of. Because we did get volcano, ice, desert, I don't really know what tower or waterfall or canyon theme we ever got, but we did get volcano, desert, and ice in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yes. But we didn't have those before, so these are all unique levels. Hilltop is kind of like a volcano? A little bit, but it's a different type of volcano. It's not like Lava Reef Zone. This is like active volcano. I guess Hilltop is more like a dormant volcano. It doesn't necessarily erupt. I guess there was that one part where the lava does rise, but that's not really an eruption, I'd say. It's not like a lava-filled, because there's, like, grass and stuff. Yeah, that waterfall level looks pretty cool. There hasn't really been anything like that since. Maybe Angel Island. Well, that they just made a waterfall level instead of just a regular water level. But even then, it does seem like the overall aesthetic is less of a sort of natural environment like you definitely see in the sonic games of sonic 1 and 2 that the worlds that you run through are very natural feeling until the end where it eventually becomes mechanized the later robotnik levels this it seems like it's robotnik level from start to finish everything (laughs) yeah you're on eggman's island and he is not wanting to have you live everything is very treacherous and wants you to die yeah that's like i mentioned gotta do the timed escape like in metroid and then if you win you win and if you don't then you never you don't then you die i mean i guess we don't really have that many canyon levels Mm. in sonic well again hilltop maybe no that's not really a canyon it's not like a rocky canyon what am i thinking it's it's a hill hmm 
Wasn't there a desert? I thought there was a desert level in two, but maybe there wasn't. There was going to be, but it got scrapped. Yes, that's right. Anyways, probably wrap this up. Not because, not because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Psychosonic, but uh, actually, <laughs> my cat's in this room and he's kind of wanting to go out. So, uh, gotta go get him some food and whatnot. Well, yes, that's actually all that we have to talk about. What an episode! Mm. Yeah. So, I guess we should, uh, <laughs> so, so we can get people to convince JT to do a uh, Sonic Underground oh. watch party, you can follow him on Twitch and Twitter at JT Duckman. <laughs> do it, do it, cowards. And, do it, cowards. And I am at Hogast, that's H O L G for Golf A S T. Hell yeah. We also have an email address, which I don't check, but maybe I will start checking it. It's superpeeloutpod at gmail.com. Yo, wait, can we, can we get fan mail? Yo, we should get fan mail. Uh, yeah, if you send us a question, and if I end up reading it, we can have it on the show. <laughs> Hell yeah! I haven't opened the email since, like, ever, but I have it on the red circle page. But I don't think anyone's emailed it yet. Let me just check really quickly. Uh, awesome. Very quickly, has anyone emailed? I would say no. No. Okay, great. Awesome. All right. What See are we going to talk about next time? We're going to talk about something on topic. <laughs> we'll actually have a coherent discussion about both something on topic and something I've played. Slash scene. Slash watch. Really, it could be anything. Great. <laughs> anyway. Alright. I gotta let my cat out. Be right back. Give me a sec. Alright, see you guys next time. Oh, hello, cat.